Hello, Seattle hockey fans. It is a Seattle Kraken game day at Climate Pledge Arena. And we just got some interesting information. Today is the first Hockey is for Everyone night at Climate Pledge Arena hosted by the Seattle Kraken. It's Indigenous Peoples Night. We're going to talk more about that on the show. Just so you know, Black History Month on 224, 319 Women of Hockey Night on 49, it's Pride Night. And then on 420, it's green night. Hmm. All that and more coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, Seattle hockey fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken. Want to thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. You can follow me right there. It says right there at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. And of course, you can follow the show at Locked on Kraken on your social media platforms. You can also email us, and by us, I mean me, at Locked on Kraken at gmail. Dot com. As I mentioned at the start of the show, tonight for the Seattle Kraken game day versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, it is Indigenous Peoples Night. And the Seattle Kraken say that at various moments throughout the night, the Seattle Kraken will highlight indigenous the Indigenous community, including a performance by the Muckleshoot Canoe family. So now the jerseys were designed by artist Fox Spears. These are going to be warm-up jerseys. I'm going to pop it up here for you so you can take a look. These warm-up jerseys are going to be worn, and then, like we see with some of the other specialty jerseys, they will be auctioned off. They'll be signed by each individual player and then auctioned off by the One Roof Foundation. I've talked about the One Roof Foundation before, but Climate Pledge Arena, the Seattle Kraken, under one roof, hence the One Roof Foundation, and they've done things for Black Girl Hockey Club in the past, and tonight will be featuring Fox Spears. He's an artist from the Karuk tribal and a Karuk tribal member whose design was inspired by traditional Karuk basketry and patterns. I love that. The square shape of the design, and I'm pull it up for you here again. The square shape of the design is a reference to the square drums created by the Karuk people. The artist designs will also be featured on additional apparel, including a t-shirt, hoodie, and hat available for purchase at the Kraken Team stores. So hockey is for everyone. The Seattle Kraken on board with that. And the Seattle Kraken will be hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we talked about hockey is for everyone. We talked about Indigenous Peoples Night. That's tonight. Now let's get you ready for the night. But first... We get to talk about another Seattle Kraken win. And it came down to the wire. It came down to the wire, but the Seattle Kraken with a big win. Next up on the show, we're actually going to hear from Colin Blackwell, who was one of the goal scorers in that game against Edmonton. Here is what Colin Blackwell had to say post-game. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, everything's great. Uh, I think we're getting a lot of great efforts from up and down the lineup. Uh, I think tonight's a great, uh, great example of, uh, you know, we, we had some adversity, but we were able to weather the storm. And um, I think maybe in the beginning of the season, we, we that might have happened and, you know, we might have lost a game or something like that. But, you know, we really kind of got that identity rolling right now. And all four lines are, are doing pretty well. The D stepping up, blocking shots. Uh, I think last time I, I talked to you, we said uh, we needed to just do a better job in front of our goalies and stuff. And um, I think we're doing that, keeping a lot of teams to the outside. And uh, goalies are, are playing really well too. So I think we're getting a lot of good efforts from from everybody. And I think that's what it takes to to win in this league. And um, so the positivity around the room, and you know, you see it on the bench too. Whether somebody might, you know, might not win a battle, or maybe you know, you do win a battle. Everybody's kind of cheering each other on, and um, that's what it takes to kind of motivate one another and support one another. And um, you know, good things are happening for us. Um, that just goes to a lot of guys, uh, especially uh, five guys working together. We're all in good spots, and um, if somebody gets beat, then that next layer is there to kind of um, you know keep them to the outside. And uh, we've been getting big blocks, big saves, big kind of everything over the last couple of games. So it's been working out. So you heard Colin Blackwell talk there. He got his second goal as a Seattle as a member of the Seattle Kraken. But what I like here in this game, Yanni Gord scored in the first 49 seconds of the game. Now then some guy you might have heard of him, Leon Dreisaitl. I don't know. Is he good? I don't know. It says he's got 21 goals or something like that. Leon Dreisaitl gets the equalizer, but then it's Adam Larson in the first frame. The Seattle Kraken get two goals. Uh, they didn't get any on the power play, but they did give up the power play goal to Leon. Uh, but they get two goals. They get a, a goal in the first few minutes. Then Colin Blackwell scores the second goal of the second period. Evan Bouchard scored first for Edmonton. And then Wenberg also scored. Connor McDavid did get on the board, made it a little interesting. He scored with 11.44 left in the third period. But Seattle able to get it done. You heard Colin Blackwell talk about the Seattle Kraken using their bodies. I love this. I love this kind of hockey. Gritty hockey, team hockey, and that's what the Seattle Kraken are playing right now. That's how they were able to win this game. But it wasn't without a little bit of a headache, so to speak. Seattle Kraken assistant coach Paul McFarlane took a puck to the head. Here's what Dave Haxtell had to say post-game about McFarlane. I just I just saw the the NHL Network was on uh, on our TV and I and he wasn't mentioned as first star I can't believe it <laughs> didn't flinch didn't leave the bench didn't uh, didn't miss a shift so, so, so prob probably concussed I don't know well, I'm actually glad that one hit him because I didn't see it <laughs> yeah, it's cold cold world it is a cool. Cold, cruel world indeed. And with that win, the Seattle Kraken sit at 9-13-2. Still looking for that 10th win. Could happen tonight against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh coming in at 11-8-5. Will it be a cool, cold world for uh, the former team of both Jared McCann and Turbo Tanev? Well, we're going to talk about that, of course, coming up next. And we're going to talk about 
Uh, I mentioned and I started the show talking about hockey is for everyone. I want to end the show talking about hockey is for everyone. And the uh, Locked on NHL roundtable that I was a part of, we're going to play a small clip from that coming up on Locked on Kraken. But before we get into the breakdown and the the pregame analysis as Pittsburgh is coming to CPA, Climate Pledge Arena, let me make sure that for those of you like me who will be watching on TV, that you get your TV together. And that's why I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of the entertainment that you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like nothing you've ever seen before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, your favorite movies, and your favorite shows all in one place. I love the commercials with Serena Williams, by the way. Fantastic. Wonder Woman, Serena Williams, are they the same? Who's to say they're not? I'm loving it. Well, in addition to their great commercials, the truly, the truly best part about DirecTV Stream, no annual contract. So stop waiting to get your TV together. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv. As always, fans, I want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. Now's the part that you like. We're going to go over what to expect from these two teams. First, I'll pull up what we have over at NHL.com for you. Then we'll go over some notes that the Seattle Kraken sent over. All right, let's talk about the last 10 games here. 6-3-1. and one are the Penguins 5-4-1 Seattle. So in the past 10 games, not so bad. I mentioned Pittsburgh has an 11-8-5 record, 9-13-2 for the Seattle Kraken. When it comes to the power play, the Seattle Kraken power play continues to improve and is actually at 17.6%, better than 15.3% that Pittsburgh has coming into this game. On the penalty kill. Ooh, the penalty kill, though, is a different story. The Penguins have the top-ranked PK coming into this game. A 91.8% clip. This is against a Seattle Kraken team. 20th on the power play. Special teams are going to be massive in this game. Face-offs, just about 50%. Uh, goals, 4 about even, but Pittsburgh has the advantage. Goals against, uh, we give up a lot of goals. At 3.46 goals against, that's 28th overall in the league, whereas Pittsburgh is in top 10. They only relent 2.63 goals per game on average. Of course, everyone's talking about Sidney Crosby. He was out, of course, for a little bit had uh, an off-season surgery, then then was, uh, then was um, you know, on the COVID protocol list, but Sidney Crosby has nine points, seven assists, and definitely is a player to watch. Everyone knows it. But this is something else that Dave Haxel said about this Pittsburgh team that I thought was interesting, and I'm curious to see how the Seattle Kraken are going to match up 
Um, and that's that he said Pittsburgh knows how to win. Obviously, they have several Stanley Cups to prove that. Um, but he also said this is a team that plays fast and hard. Fast and hard. And Seattle has had defensive breakdowns. They're doing much better on the defensive side of things. But when you're a team that plays fast and you're a team that plays hard, the Seattle Kraken have had difficulty, uh, you know, essentially sizing up and and going for the one-on-one. They're definitely playing more of a team game. So I'm curious to see if this Pittsburgh team, although statistically speaking, certainly within the realm of the Seattle Kraken, Given that experience and given the style of hockey that they like to play fast and hard, I would not describe, if we're being honest, the Seattle Kraken as fast nor particularly a hard team to play. Uh, That being said, uh, Brandon Tanev and I believe it's Alexiak are up there when it comes to hits. Tanev spent some time with Pittsburgh, so is he going to be the hard part? Is he going to bring the pain for the Seattle Kraken? We'll see. Okay, a few other notes, and I'm going to pull this up for you here. You know, I like to do the uh, breakdown. So, period, uh, goals by period, excuse me. The Pittsburgh Penguins, they are, they're a late, they're a late bloomer type of team. Only score 17 of their 68 goals in the first period, whereas it's 24 goals and 26 goals respectively in the second and third periods. They do give up third period goals, which could be great for the Seattle Kraken because while their numbers are starting to even out, 27 of their 72 goals come in the third period though the Seattle Kraken, of the 83 goals that they let in, 30 of those come in the third period. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the third period. That means that, as I've said a handful of times here on Locked on Kraken, the Seattle Kraken need to dictate what happens early in the game. Their numbers don't instruct that they're going to be a team that can do that, They have no consistency in their numbers in being able to do that. That being said, just talked about what they did against Edmonton and that early goal made a world of a difference. And if they score early against a team like Pittsburgh, statistically speaking, numerically speaking, it should make a difference because that's the period that Seattle can win. Numerically, statistically speaking, Pittsburgh's not going to get started on the ice right away and they're the team that's traveling so this might be a good opportunity to get something going you'll you'll see the power play breakdown here i kind of talked about that when i used the nhl stuff shots by period now shots by period maybe you want to get you know the goaltender on the opposite side working a little bit i don't know but um you know it's interesting to see here that the shots by period are pretty even for the Penguins. Uh, technically speaking, they get the most shots in the uh, second period, 298 shots. Uh, they let up the most shots also in the second period. Interesting. Whereas the Seattle Kraken easily take the most shots in the second period. Now, can they parlay some of those shots into actual goals? Now, this is where... 
getting a little bit, where, when do we talk about this? But we talked about it sometime last week or the week before that Seattle was taking the opportunity to win. I think it was against Detroit to win the puck low, you know, get pucks in deep, win the puck low below the dots and really mix it up down there. Seattle was not showing that they were going to be a team that could be very physical in front of net. I think they're starting to try and incorporate that into the repertoire a little bit more. And getting rebounds is going to be mad. We're going to close out talking about Pittsburgh for right now. Coming up next, though, I want you to hear from, uh, we're going to hear from Eberly, And we're going to hear from McCann and Schwartz. And talking a little bit so you're gonna hear from McCann what is he thinking now if you don't know the situation with McCann he didn't come originally from Pittsburgh he was traded and then in that trade was exposed that's how Seattle got him but essentially both him and Brandon Tanev played for the Pittsburgh Penguins last season so of course everyone asked McCann and Tanev their thoughts Tanev was pretty much Tanev on brand. But McCann, what he had to say, I thought was really interesting. Uh, You'll hear from Schwartz and Everly more so just on the updates regarding their progress and their injuries. Um, And then we'll close out the show talking about hockey is for everyone and hearing a little bit from the NHL roundtable that I participated in alongside Ann Kimmel. Jacob Foster and uh, Rachel Donner, all of the Locked on NHL network. In case you haven't figured it out, we had Cyber Monday a week or two ago now, but there was a brand new flavor that dropped for Cyber Monday, and that was the Caramel Almond Delight. I was telling you about it. Mine actually came a little bit melted, so I put them in the freezer in case you don't do this already with your Built Bars. Pro tip put them in the freezer if they start to melt a little bit. And then by the time you're ready to grab your snack that you packed earlier in the day, it's just the right room temperature for you to fully enjoy the bar that's covered in chocolate. That's 150 grams of calories, or excuse me, 150 calories and 17 grams of protein. That's of course the caramel almond delight that I'm talking about. But especially my favorites to put in the freezer are the puffs. And right now we've got the uh, white chocolate cheesecake puff. It's got a marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate, 140 calories, also 17 grams of protein. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds a gift. And that gift, of course, is Built Bar. So go to Built.com. For these incredible tasting bars, and you'll get 20% off everything you order at built.com when you use promo code LOCKED20. Enter promo code LOCKED20 before it's too late. And happy snacking. Now that we've got you all ready for your snacks, now it's time to get your money right. And that is through, of course, betonline.ag. It's the number one spot for all the sports action this season and with a new interface that means more props, more odds and lines than ever before. If you use promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use that promo code. 
Locked On. From basketball, football, of course, the NHL, and even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2021 and beyond. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So you're all, you're ready for your snacks. We're ready for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But again, let's hear what Jared McCann is saying about Pittsburgh. Uh, they didn't want me. They didn't want me. That's the way I look at it. So that's, uh, it's uh, pretty simple. And, um, you know, I play for the Kraken now, and this is where I want to be. So. They didn't want him. It's kind of like I've been saying about Donato. We'll take you, baby. We'll take you, Jared McCann. Triple J line maybe didn't last, but he's killing it with Tanev and, and Geeky. Oh, a little bit of a tip, obviously, because I'm listening to all of the questions. The fantastic Seattle Kraken beat writers association, the beat reporters. They're doing a great job. I get the sense that somebody's doing a story on Morgan Geeky. I, for one, am ready for it. I think it's going to be fantastic. So a lot of questions about Geeky, thus Tannen and McCann had a lot to say about their line. That's a buzz in line, of course, with two former Penguins on that line. We're obviously going to be looking at that line. But here quickly is Eberly and then Schwartz, just them talking about their progress as well as the Seattle Kraken team. I don't know if you watch practice, but the – they're usually the next team up, the guy in the middle who's leading the stretch is the guy that we're playing. So, like I said, it's unique with the guys that we have. I mean, everyone's coming from different teams, and every night there's a new storyline. So, you know, if you can uh, capitalize on those storylines and, and play well and win, like, uh, for example, Lars last game against Edmonton, um, you know, that, that builds team chemistry. You're, you're happy for the guy, you're happy for the team, and it just makes us better. Uh, yeah, I just got a, a shot off the ankle um, uh, against the, the game against Buffalo. Just hit me in a weird spot on my leg, so... Um, swelled up pretty good, and um, but it uh, recovered pretty quickly. We heard from a lot of players. We heard from Dave Haxtell. Uh, you know, Paul's doing all right. He gave an update at Morning Skate as well. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. McCann said what he had to say. Uh, they know it's a business, but also give us a little spice in the interviews. Love to see that as well. Eberly Schwartz and Kelly Yarncrook, believe I mentioned it at the top of the show, but just as a reminder, those three players are day to day. Hockey is for everyone. Indigenous Peoples Night. Very excited to see the Seattle Kraken put this together. But I'm very proud of my colleagues at Locked on NHL. Not once, but twice. This is a difficult conversation. For some, it will be a trigger warning. We do talk about sexual abuse and sexual assault. We don't talk about the specifics of the case, but more so the circumstances and the timeline surrounding it. But if for whatever reason, these definitely are difficult conversations. So I do want you to know that going in. The reason I wanted to highlight this particular piece of the conversation is because I get the sense that anytime you complain about something, people act like you don't love it. You can't possibly like it. You only complain or you only ask things be better about things that you don't actually like. In fact, it takes a lot of courage to talk truth and to power and to talk truth to people whom or things that you love. And Anne did a great job throughout the entire thing. Anne is a boss. 
I am so thankful to have Anne as a colleague. Um, but there's something that she said that I think really resonated. And when I think of the conversations that we've had, it's a good summary of what we're all trying to get out. So here's Anne from the Locked On Presents, the special roundtable about the toxic culture in the National Hockey League and hockey overall. Nicole Hannah-Jones, who is the, she is one of the authors and kind of curated a lot of the uh, 1619 project was just dealing with slavery in particularly uh, of Af descendants of African American or of Africans that were brought to the United States through the system of slavery. And what she said, which I think is exactly Jay, what you just said is, um, you know, that essentially white Americans have to decide that they want a different future. And so the NHL has to decide that it wants a different future. But, and I know you, you done drop the mic on us once, but I wanted to give you an opportunity just to circle back regarding specifically the locked on predators podcast. You talked a little bit about your fandom, but have you thought about, um, or have you already made adjustments to how you cover hockey because of the conversation that we're having. Yeah, I think there is, um, there's a moment where you feel sort of the dissonance between, you know, it's my job to come on and talk analytics and, and players and breakdowns. And I'm, I, and I need to do it in a way that is engaging and entertaining, but I also feel the need to, you know, it's difficult because this is something that I love, but it is broken and it is, and it has to, you know, the only thing that hockey can do right now is continue the way it is or change. And I want so desperately for this sport to change. And I see there are, there are people in the sport who want it to change. And there are great opportunities for growth. And I struggle to find the balance between just losing my ever loving beep. Um, when things like this continue, when we see these patterns again and again, and, and, you know, watching the NHL leadership kind of stonewall in this situation when here is your opportunity and they are missing it. Um, and so it is a struggle. I'll be, I'll be real honest with you. It is a struggle for me sometimes to know that I want, you know, I, my heart for this, job that I have is to invite people into hockey because somebody did that for me and I fell in love with it. And, and I want it to be a sport where everybody can come and enjoy it. But I, again, it's this hard place of you got, you know, I've got to say some hard truths and I've got to check myself and I have to make sure that I'm not I have to make sure I'm doing what's best for everybody when it comes to hockey. And sometimes that's really hard personally, because honestly, I think there is still this culture of you get access when you're nice, you get access when you don't rock the boat. And here's mm. the thing. There are nice, good stories. And I love to tell those, but not to the exclusion of speaking some truth. And, and it's, it's not always easy every day. 
But these are difficult conversations. And I think that myself and my colleagues did so with grace. We did so with passion and with a love for hockey. That's something that we all share, even when we sit, are forced to sit in our disappointment because of how we're treating women, because of how we're treating survivors of sexual assault and abuse, because of how we're treating indigenous communities or lack thereof, able-bodied versus those with disabilities. There's so many ways that, and it's not, it's... I don't want to say it's not just hockey, because if I'm being honest, there are things that tend to be a little more specific to hockey. There are conversations that I can have as myself outside of a hockey space that I can't yet have in full in hockey spaces. And that's why these conversations, these types of roundtables are extremely important to me. So if that's your vibe, Go check it out on Locked On Presents. Thank you so much to our man, our site manager, Sean Woodley, who was, as I called him, the man behind the curtain, who was helping produce everything and do the edits for us. We appreciate you. And we're just so thankful. Uh, and I am thankful to, again, the co-hosts and those who join the roundtable for wanting to be a part of making the sport that we all love even better. So hockey is for everyone. Tonight we're going to celebrate that with the Seattle Kraken for Indigenous Peoples, uh, for the Indigenous Peoples game, excuse me. But we don't have to cajole all of our love and respect for each other just on specific nights. We can and should find ways to always honor each other and each other's culture. And I hope that we can explore that more on Locked on Kraken. But for now, we're going to leave it there. It's a game night. Seattle Kraken hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's an opportunity for them to get into double-digit wins for the first time ever in Seattle Kraken history. A few other things to note. A win or an, a loss in overtime or the shootout would mean that we get five points. Um, or, it, excuse me, it would be our fifth consecutive point. First time ever in Seattle Kraken history. We talked about Schwartzy, Yarncrock, and Eberly game time decisions. Um, Geeky, the two-way player. Again, I get the sense folks are going to be writing about him soon, so probably more that we can talk about. I will be traveling on Wednesday, so stay tuned tomorrow. We'll talk about what to expect on the show. But for now, hold fast, stay true, and let's go Kraken.